Our guest this week is a man I have seen at uh, many trade shows for many years. In fact, I'd have to say I might even see him more than I see some of my extended family because just I see you around. <laughs> uh, he likes hockey and trade shows, so we have a lot in common. He's the Senior Vice President of Sales at EDE, where he drives revenue and growth for his clients through trade show marketing. He's also a top trade show voice on LinkedIn. Welcome to the podcast, Jamin Ash. Welcome to the Engaging Personalities Podcast. I'm Anders Belanger, founder and CEO of Engageify where we're on a mission to rehumanize business through engagement. We believe that we can all be more successful if we can command attention and deepen connection. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on a future episode. So let's get ready to engage. Thank you very much. Awesome. So um, I, I got you on here. I Like I said, we see each other a, a lot uh, in the shows and um, I just want to say that first off, um, uh, on LinkedIn, I saw that you are also going to be speaking at Exhibitor Live. Is that correct? That's true. Yeah. Coming up. And what is your topic? I'm I'm uh, I'm interested in what what you're going to be sharing with the the audiences there about trade show. Oh, and, and for the people listening and don't know what Exhibitor Live is, it's a trade show for trade shows. It's very meta, right? And uh, so so there's a trade show for everything, and there's even a trade show for trade shows. Jay, what, what are you going to be speaking on at that event? Yeah, so my creative director and I will be there, and we are talking about designing for decision makers through analytical design. And you know, a lot of the focus of our presentation is just how to create the right attendee flow for your sales process, what the messaging should be. There's so many booths that are just confused with what they're trying to do, what they're saying, who they're trying to attract or trying to attract everybody that we're trying to, you know, show people there, there is a better way, you know, talking to the specific group that is most likely going to say yes to your solutions is what we're trying to teach people how to do. Nice. So you're, you're, you know, you're kind of making the booth a bit of a filter to, and, and have the messaging speak and engage the minds of the people who are actually going to make the decisions as opposed to wasting boost staff's time, you know, um, all the giveaways that you give away to people who are never going to buy. So you, in a way, you're making a booth a lot more efficient by doing something like that. Yeah, that's the goal. You know, everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people are trying to boil the oceans. Like, you know, everybody is welcome in our booth. And it's like, well, the reality is, sure, they should all be welcome in your booth. But that doesn't mean they need to be engaged with a salesperson or the marketing team and getting the, the follow up after the show. It's like we want to make sure that the people that are going deep into the booth and having those long and important conversations are the right people. And that that is a lot of the focus. You know, it's a lot of it is about just aligning sales and marketing and making sure they're they're all aligned on their goals and what they're talking about, what they're pushing. You know, that that ultimately if you're not pushing pipeline or revenue, even awareness should be tied to a, a metric goal. Um, you know, and that's a lot of where our focus is. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Cause it's it's interesting because a lot of times with trade shows, you get these two camps. You got the the quality and the quantity camp, right? And and never the tween shall meet is kind of what sometimes you see because you've got people who they just want numbers and they want to drive the number of leads. And usually that's coming down from up above, right? A VP of marketing or or CEO or someone saying, Hey, we gotta go, we're gonna go big. Let's let's have these numbers. And then there's also, sometimes you got, you know, on the flip side, the quality people, and again, sometimes it's also coming from up above, but 
what I find is that when you get so far into a show and they see their numbers are so low because they're trying to go for such high quality, they kind of get like a little, Ugh, you know, uh, kind of thing. So it really comes down to strategy, doesn't it? Because um, that's, that's where you, you know, probably uh, lend a lot of expertise to your clients is, is thinking it through, right? Yeah, exactly. and honestly, it should be coming from the higher up level and making sure that your goals on the floor are aligning to what they want. Because if you're not aligning to them in any way, shape or form, your budget's going away and they're just not going to believe in, in the mission of what you're trying to accomplish. So even if it is an awareness goal and quality or quantity is the metric you're going for, there's a difference between everybody and still getting that mass quantity, but also making sure it's the right quantity. You know, it's the right people within the masses of the ocean out there and asking some key questions because yeah, if you have a happy hour, you're going to get everybody walking the floor and you know, you're going to get people like me that I'm definitely not a lead. It's like, Oh, cool. Happy hour. I'll grab a beer. You could scan my badge for a beer. Sure. Um, and I don't even drink a lot, but you know, Hey, if you're going to give it to me, it's a good place to hang out and talk to the folks in your booth that well are leads for me. But yeah, there, there's too many people there. It's like, if you even come within five feet of the booth, like, yeah, 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 just let me scan your badge. And I always tell people, I'm like, hey, I'm not a good lead. Yeah, you don't want to scan me. Like, we just want the numbers. And it's like, ah, it just like hurts my soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you could be you could be helping those people for sure, you know, get get more focused and get real about it. But, you know, again, it comes down to what is your strategy or is there a strategy at all? And then maybe that's what we're seeing with, you know, with some companies. Yeah. So I see you all the time, uh, you know, like I've been saying at the shows, your boots on the ground, um, you know, at these shows. And I imagine, I mean, that's great for, for Legion, for meeting people, um, for being with your clients and, and, and tending to them. Right. Um, you know, what, was that by default or design, you know, that you're, you're so accessible or tell us how that came about. Um, it's definitely by design, you know, early on in my career, it was all about, let me email everybody and call everybody possible. And the reality is email is becoming less and less effective if you don't have something of value to say, and you can only say so many things about, oh, you're planning for this show and like having a relevant touch point. And when I meet these people at the show and I have a conversation and they, and they see, A, I'm, I'm not this terrible salesperson that's just trying to get in the door and like sell them whatever I can. They're like, oh, it's a real human being that actually cares about what I say is listening to what I say and having that conversation. It now has them responding to my emails or, you know, commenting on a social post and things like that. So our, our business specifically is so relationship based that, you know, the likelihood of getting in without any kind of face-to-face -face interaction is pretty minimal. And, you know, it makes sense. We're in a face-to-face -face business. So the face-to-face, -face, you know, networking really does work well. And Hey, you know, you want the high numbers of quality uh, leads for us, they're going to be at those shows. Yeah. I, one of my favorite quotes is no matter how much you click from place to place, it'll never replace face to face. Right. And so there I you are. Like and, that one. and, and I think when you are, you know, again, just, uh, omnipresent, you know, or at the shows, people seeing you again and again, that sense of familiarity that you're building yeah. and the sense of trust. You know, I, I remember, uh, years ago when I was, I was just doing magic being a magician, I'd go to these showcases for these fairs and festivals, right. And you'd mm -hmm. go and do a little sample on stage and try to get a tour booked by, you know, the, all the, the bookers in the audience. And I would only do it when it was the local one that I didn't have to travel to showcase. And of course, all these people know that, right. That you get lots of locals, but it's the people who have that consistent effort over time and develop the mm -hmm. relationships that would become very successful in that kind of circuit, if you will. And I think that's kind of the same, same uh, experience you're having. What, what do you think 
do you track, I'm just curious, and I don't know if you, if you know this off the top of your head, but what might be your kind of like, not sales cycle, but like from the first time you meet someone till you actually do business, have you seen, you know, a certain length of time that it just kind of takes uh, in terms of the relationship building or, or is it kind of all over the map? So there's a few, few variables to that. So when you're on show site and you are talking face to face, people don't want to disappoint you. So they're often going to be like, oh yeah, we got this big opportunity. We'd love to meet with you. And then you never hear from them again. And, you know, maybe I said something wrong. Maybe I didn't follow up in the right way. You know, there, there's so many things that could come into play. Uh, but there's also that, hey, I don't, people don't like to say no, especially to your face. You know, most people are non-confrontational. Um, but in most cases, if we have that quality conversation and there are a few synergies between us within I would say anywhere from two weeks to two months, there will be an opportunity in front of us. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we're not talking to them at a show, I mean, it's, it just, it really, it does shorten the sales cycle for us too. Uh, but I'll add, you know, for us going to the shows and meeting these people, obviously that is, you know, priceless for, for our lead journey at gen efforts, but it also, it helps you understand, you know, for our industry, let me take a step back. It's really hard to do research on a show. You know, you can read the show website, you can look at a company website, but you're not going to understand the the flow of the show floor or you know what other companies in that industry are really doing to to go to market. So going to the shows is as much a lead gen effort as it is strategy. You know, when I'm creating content for EDE, we do a lot of these industry insights blogs, which are really just, uh, you know, for RSNA is a good example. We just did it there and it, it turned into a four parter. Uh, the final one is coming out Friday. Whereas I'm just asking the exhibitors questions. In the past, I was just taking tons of pictures or some people on our team were taking tons of pictures and like identifying cool elements or trends in the industry, whether it's lighting or technology, whatever. But it's like, you know, we started asking, it's like, well, tell me about the ideal flow in your booth and how are you getting here, people to your booth from the entrance of the show? And it's like, so it's a lot of research and strategy because one thing we do know is that our win percentage in industries that we have clients is about 60%. Our win percentage in industries that we don't have clients is more like 15%. And I'm trying to bridge that gap. It's like, yeah, you're right. We don't have a booth on the floor to be like, look at this beautiful thing. But it's like, I know your world. And this is how I can you know, show that and prove it. You know, the, the finer points of differentiation, and I think we can connect on this with a trade show, uh, is, is, you know, there, there's an energy, there's kind of a, a characteristics to each individual show and the attendees that come to a show. And it's taken me years, like of making notes after every show to kind of really start wrapping my arms around the, you know, what makes these crowds different so that, mm -hmm. you know, I can engage them and generate the crowds for our clients. Um, but I'm guessing that you're kind of you kind of see some of the same things uh, play out at those shows that you specialize in, Jay. So l let's say let's talk about RSA just as a thing, because I did see a video that you you uh, helped one of your clients, and and they were new to RSA, so they kind of didn't understand um, you know what that show is all about. So um, let's just kind of riff on that. What would RSA conference is a cybersecurity conference in San Francisco? It's in May this year. What what do you think about that show? You know, what's if you were to kind of describe it characteristically, you know, what what comes to mind for you? Oh, first of all, I love that show. And it's funny you brought it up because I was going to bring that up as an example. And yeah. I'm going to say I'm fairly certain that's where we met in the first place. Maybe it was the uh, the Fortinet booth, if I had to guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is, it is a relatively unique show. I mean, I think technology shows in general are very different, whereas like they're just gimmick filled and most of them are gimmick filled in not the best ways. Like, you know, I think I saw six booths last year that had crane or claw machines where it's like, oh, win a prize. And it's like, I could not differentiate from any different one of those. So, you know, Beyond Trust is the client you're, you're talking about. And, you know, they wanted to come up with a gimmick and, you know, 
where their marketing team is fantastic and they're very strategic. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll come up with a gimmick, but I need four to five questions from you that we can force attendees to answer so that, yes, they go through the gimmick, they're getting the fun thing, they're doing the experience, but then your sales team has information that they're getting out of that, that they can use to follow up, to use, you know, figure out if it's a quality lead or if it's just tire kicker or if it's someone that has no need whatsoever, just wanted to go through the experience. So it's, it's coming up with, yes, the gimmick is important. People expect to get something from that show, whether it's the experience or a sticker or a doll, but how can you, you know, give to get, you know, make that even out that playing field a little bit. And that is probably, you know, the most important part of RSA because they all, every, every booth has some kind of gimmick at that show, but it's like, how can you tie the messaging together? How can you make those questions matter? And, do it so quickly that they're not turned off to do the experience in the first place. Yeah, definitely that, you know, dangling that carrot without, you know, blocking it off or making them have to do so many, uh, you know, take, do too much work, right. To, to mm -hmm. get the reward and that, that kind of balance. Cause you do want a bit of quality. So when I think about RSA, uh, one of the things that comes to mind is, you know, for an attendee, it only costs about a hundred dollars to come, the show if you know someone or you go to the right website of an exhibitor uh, you can get in for free so mm -hmm. what ends up happening is you kind of drop the quality of attendees compared to maybe like an aws reinvent or something like that where it's oh, yeah. probably 2500 us to attend right and that's uh, for to, to get in to get on the trade show floor so there's a little bit of that the other thing that i notice and this is just attendee wise is that the cybersecurity guys are so privacy driven, and this happens at uh, at Black Hat as well, that they're like, they almost don't want their badge scanned. And it's like, come on, man, like you're at a trade show, you registered to come in here, like, you know, this is how it works, right? Um, and so just because they kind of play their cards kind of close to their chest, they're a mm -hmm. little bit less willing to, um, play let's say you know and, and with my presentation you know it's about having a kind of unique experience and, and getting people into the booth and learning and but but being entertained at the same time so sometimes it's harder to win them over because there's security people so that's one of the things i find uh, but you're right about it's a wild show right like there's a lot going on and part of it there's so many booths there it's like the biggest cybersecurity show so everyone's just trying to outdo everyone else so it gets to be uh, quite loud. It gets to be a lot of presentations, a lot of presenters. Um, and another thing that happens too, is you get like intersections where each corner of the intersection has presentations going like every half hour. So they just like battle each other all the time. So um, you're right, differentiating, at finding that, that, that gimmick that you're talking about. I, I like to call it like a booth hook or an activation or something like that. Cause you know what- That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because sometimes people say, you know, what we do, you know, creating engagement in the booths with our presentations is a gimmick. And it's kind of like, I don't want to cheapen it that way. You know, it's kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, it's, but in magic, a gimmick, what a gimmick is in magic is a secret tool that makes it work. And so in some ways, sure. that's not a bad definition. In yeah, ways, yeah, well, it's kind of like writing headlines for an, or a subject line for an email. It's like, yeah, I want a clickbaity subject line to get you to open my email but the email is going to back it up. So clickbait, I always take it like that's super negative, but it's like, hey, if you're backing up that clickbait, it's okay. Same with the gimmick. Yeah. It's like, if, it's, if the gimmick delivers, then yeah. we're all good. You know, I was at AHR last week in Chicago and there was this company, Navian, and they had this, uh, they were talking about a new tankless water heater. And I, you know, this is not a world I know anything about other than I have 
I have water heater in my basement. And, you know, they were doing water bottles with fruit infused, like a holder in the middle. And it was basically the woman's like, oh, it's a gimmick to show off our tankless water. Heater. I'm like, well, it's brilliant. Like it all makes yeah. sense. And it helps reinforce your story. And it's like, you can call it a gimmick. And that does have a negative connotation generally, but it's like, it's just reinforcing your messaging. And as long as there's a, a tie-in to what you're trying to say and get across, yes, go for it. And that's what's so critical is the tie-in, right? When people mm -hmm. see the relevance, then there's these, this, ah, I get it, right? Kind of moment. Yes. And all of a sudden they have so much more respect for, you know, the, the idea, the creativity behind it, bringing people, you know, you know, the, the connections, right? And, mm -hmm. and that's the thing is if you do something that is detached and disconnected from the actual messaging or the, the deliver the product or whatever the solution is, then it becomes kind of a desperate cry for attention as opposed to something that is message integrated and, and cohesive with what they're trying to get across, you know? So um, now we'll, let's talk about gimmicks and let's like maybe segue into technology, right? And, and not a technology conference, but technology and exhibiting because every year, the new technology gets developed, there's new innovations. So what are we seeing out there on the trade show floor? Maybe what you're bringing to, to clients um, that is kind of new and, you know, hot and, 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 and interesting that, that attracts people's attention and to, to people's booths. What are we seeing? Uh, I would say there are two things that are all based in LED. What you what you can do with LEDs nowadays is it's insane. Whereas in, you know, even five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, it's like, oh, that would have cost you $200,000 to do that. Now it's like, you can literally do anything with LEDs. You know, at, at Max back in October, we created a floating LED can and it was an exact replica to a monster energy can. And it was just floating and it would, you know, they would basically represent all of their different product lines and it was tied to the rest of their technology in the booth. And it's like, it was so in sync and so cool. And, you know, I, I talk about Monster a lot because that is one of the coolest projects I've ever been a part of and seen in person. But it was great because individual elements of that booth and the LED technology was just fascinating to watch. You know, you walked into the booth on the right side, there was just a product wall right there. And it had LED shelves where they just magnet magnetically attached to the wall and they had products on them. And the LED would highlight the shelf. It would shoot that shot over to the LED can floating. And then the translucent LEDs around the booth would all, it would be a sizzle reel about that product line. So between the basically moldable LED panels that you can create almost any shape out of these days to translucent LEDs were just uh, just a great attract where it's like you can see it from afar, but you get the true experience once you're like immersed in the space. So, I mean, just uh, everything you, you can create the LED rooms now, like, it, you know, the sphere in Las Vegas is a really good example. You can do that in the booth if you got a big enough space. So I think the, the, the LED technology itself and what you can create on a screen and the shapes and the sizes and the different, you know, context you can do with it is insane. We have a couple of projects coming up that uh, one just got signed off and a couple are in design right now, hoping that we win, that I will be excited to share because they are just amazing. Like, you know, the creativity, you kind of become numb to it. I mean, you've been to enough shows. It's like, oh, you know, I went to CES and I, I skipped this year. I was there in 23 and I'm like, people are like, oh, how is it? I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like there's a couple good dudes. Like, <laughs> yeah, you become you, you numb to it. And it's like, when yeah. so when I get really excited about a design and our creative director is the same, it's like when we're excited about jumping into these things, that's how you know you hit, you did something good.
Right. Yeah. I mean, I've seen well at Exhibitor Live, you know, some of these like immersive experiences you walk in and, you know, of course it's kind of, it's like the walls are screens so you can mm -hmm. make it and then you can pipe music in or sound effects or, you know, sound of crickets and you're in the woods and, you know, so it's completely immersive technology. So um, yeah, that is, it really is the, you know, your imagination is your only limitation uh, with, and budget. And budget. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Yes. Um, okay. Very cool. So, and, and with, I just want to go back to that thing where you said with a floating can, mm -hmm. um, was that trans, that was that a translucent LED that the can was floating or was it one of those hologram kind of uh, spinning fan LED things or how was it? No, the this was literally a curved LED and it was molded around a structure and it was literally just hanging like a hanging sign in the center of the booth. Oh, okay. Got you. Okay. And so they, it had a custom top and a fabric bottom so you could access inside if any of the panels needed right. to be replaced. But yeah, no, it was just a, a circular, yeah. perfectly, you know, in perfect proportion to one of their cans, which is what okay. made it special. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just, I love the idea of that it interacted with different parts of the booth, right? Like where it's kind of bringing things like, so that the booth is a living, breathing, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's animated, the booth's animated as opposed to, you know, the old days of just very static kind of uh, things. So that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, I want to, well, and just um, to add the, add to that before you move on, I think that's the important part of tech. It should never be the story. It should only be a part of enhancing your story. And I think that's where people start to get into the gimmicky tech side of technology. It's like, oh, look at this cool LED fan yeah. we have. It's like, is it cool? Like, yes, it's a fan. Yes, it does something cool. But does it help tell your story or enhance the story you're right. trying to tell? And that's something people need to, to keep in mind. It, it reminds me of what's the... Uh... What's the quote from Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park where he's like, I think I think we got so uh, caught up with the, whether the fact that we could, we didn't think about whether the fact we should, you know, like that same kind of idea with with just because the technology is available, let's just throw the bells and whistles on without thinking it through, without the cohesive story behind it. Uh, Jay, let's let's switch gears for a second, and I want to ask you what I mean. One of them you mentioned already, where people scanning for no reason you know, just to get the scan, even though it's junk scan. What other frustrations or things that you see in terms of pitfalls that, you know, exhibiting companies, you know, will find themselves in? And it's just like, oh, you know, I just wish they would <laughs> do this or, uh, you know, these kind of frustrations that you might have because you see so many booths at so many shows. Um, share with us, what are you, what are you frustrated, frustrated by? I, I think... Wasted opportunities is something I think about a lot. And, you know, you can sign up for a trade show, you can have a cool booth, but if you don't put your process together, you know, what's the pre-show plan? What's our plan at the show to engage people? And what are we doing to follow up? And thinking through all three phases and communicating the expectations to your team is a huge missed opportunity. Because if you just show up and you expect people to come to your booth, sure, you're going to get leads. Like I find it hard to believe you'll get zero leads if you don't do pre-show marketing. But you're spending, you know, tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions. And it's like, are you not going to spend the time to come up with a, an integrated plan? Because that's what trade shows are. Trade shows are an integrated marketing plan. And if you're not thinking through the full cycle of what you need to do and how quickly you need to follow up, you know, every day after that show, you're being forgotten. So if you don't have a plan for what you're doing the second you're getting home or even before people get home with some kind of thoughtful follow up, you know, you're missing out on business and, you know, you're not going to get the ROI you could have. You know, you'll, you'll still get some good leads and I'm sure you'll get some decent quality opportunities just by having a presence there. But I would say that is a, 
frustration is probably not the right word. It's, hey, people spend their money the way they want, but it's coming up with a thorough integrated plan and thinking through of all the steps of you can get how you can get people engaging with your brand. Yeah. So, so just showing up is not enough, right? There's the, yeah. the pre-show during the show and, and then post-show uh, mm -hmm. piece to it, right? So that it's all connected, all integrated, like you said. Yeah. Uh, definitely there are, like you said, wasted opportunities that you see things, you know, like, and, and, you know, I'll hear what the sponsorship levels are and what you get for them. And it's just kind of crazy the money that is spent on things that really won't have the impact that other things could have, right? You know, that for sure that you're kind of talking about in, in a strategic plan that's that's well thought out. Oh, very cool. Um, so what what what's uh what would be no, this might be hard to answer. What is the best booth or the best thing you've seen at a trade show over the last year or so? Mm. Best thing. That is a hard one to answer. I mean, there's so much cool stuff out there, and I'm trying to yeah. you know quickly uh go through my brain of all the trade shows I've been to. I think you know, there there's a commonality of that. I think it goes back to my Lancer answer. It's it's thinking through that the theme of the booth and how you're tying everything together. I mean, you know, biasedly speaking, that monster booth was one of the coolest things I've ever been a yeah. part of, but it was because of how well thought of that it was. And, you know, Monster's lucky. Not only do they have the budget to do these cool things, they have an extensive marketing team, like one of the biggest marketing teams I've ever, you know, seen. I want to say their marketing team is like 250 people, whereas, you know, typically we're working with marketing teams that are under 15 people. So you know, the monster booth was super cool and how it all tied together and the tech and the story and how they, you know, really played to who that monster brand is. And I think that, you know, you got to be true to your brand. So I would say monster is definitely up there. I want to think of some examples that aren't EDE um, because I see so many things out there. You know, NRF, I thought um, Adyen did a really good job of telling their story. I don't know that I would say that was like the coolest booth out there. But, you know, I was talking to one of the salespeople and she told me, she's like, hey, I'm brand new. Like, I don't know our products that well. well like, I, I don't need to know about your products. You know, again, not a good lead for you. But tell me, like, how does your booth work? Like, what is the journey that you would take an attendee through? And it was, it was really well thought out. And they did, they were jam packed the whole time. And I really, I love seeing stuff like that, where it's like, clearly they they know where they're starting attendees from. They know the, the messaging at that first stop. They're walking through the customer side. They're walking through the back end and then they show how their devices work. And, you know, NRF for, for folks that don't know is like a retail technology show. So understanding all those phases of the product cycle and how it works is so important. So I thought that was a really cool journey. Um, you know, stuff I see at CES, which even if I wasn't in person, you know, the Samsung booth, the very front of it is kind of like magic every single year. Uh, the LG booth, same thing. They're just... They're just remarkable. Like I, I'm, I'm usually in awe of what I see at that show and and how they can bring it all together in such in in a remarkable short timeline that they do it too. Yeah, man, trade shows are like little cities that pop up for like you know three to four days at a time, and it is amazing the amount of work that goes into these things, and and then all the firefighting that you know your clients. Well, I shouldn't say your clients, but trade show event managers have to do just because things happen, oh, yeah. right? And, and then <laughs> to make it, you want it to make it look good. So you need to to uh, to deal with it. Um, Jay, you know, I don't want to go too too much longer. So I, I just want to ask you, um, you know, where can people reach out to you? I think LinkedIn is probably one of the good places. Um, you know, let people know uh, how they can reach out. Yeah, uh, LinkedIn is always the first place. Hey, if you're uh, at a big show, I'm most likely going to be walking that show. So, uh, but yeah, you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on there. I feel like I spend half my day on there, um, but that's always a good place to find me. And can you spell your last name for everyone too? So it's J and then Manash is? Yeah, Manash, M-E-N-A-S-H-E. 
Menashi, but pronounced Menashe. <laughs> there we go. Good. Hey, Jay, uh, thanks so much for coming on. I feel like we could probably uh, connect down the road and, uh, and go in some different directions with this, but uh, I do appreciate your time and I thank you for, for coming on the show. Uh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Anders. All right. Thanks, Jay. And to all our listeners, thanks for tuning in. And remember, until next time, stay engaged. Thank you so much for listening to Engaging Personalities. If you believe this world needs more engagement and you're an industry leader or you have an interesting take on rehumanizing business, go to go.engageify.ai slash podcast hyphen guest to apply and come on the show. If you got something out of this interview, do you mind sharing it on your social media? Just grab a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag engaging personalities. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episode, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, engageify.ai, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening, and stay engaged.